What's up everyone? Good morning and once again welcome to our online Water's Edge Sunday morning worship experience. Thank you so very much for tuning in, hanging out with us today. For those of you that continue to like and share these online worship experiences with your circle of influence, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. We have people tuning in from all over the place. Also, for those of you that continue to worship with us online through giving and generosity, maybe meeting our new $10 challenge, Thank you so very much for doing that. You're allowing us to help more people, love more people, feed more people, and serve more people. And also, right after my message, stay tuned. Don't tune out because we have a time of worship with the amazing Water's Edge Band. In the Old Testament book of Isaiah, God is asking this question, and it's almost like a job interview question. And we've mentioned this over the past couple of weeks. But God wants to know one thing. Who can I send out into this hurting world with my message of love and how my love, grace and compassion and forgiveness can set people free. Who can I send out with that message into this hurting world? And the prophet Isaiah says, Lord, I'm right here. Here am I. Send me. I don't have much in life. I'm not the wealthiest. I'm not the most gifted. I'm not the most talented. I'm not the most popular. But there's one thing I do have, and that's availability. God, I'm available. I'm right here. Send me to the hurting. Send me to the broken. Send me out into this world with your message of your love. I want to take this message out into the world for you. You know, as disciples, we're all representatives and ambassadors of Jesus Christ. But let's also say today that you want to be excited about being a part of a church that helps you go out and share the message of God's love with this hurting world. And let's say that you want to ask that church a question today, almost like a job interview question. And that question would go something like this. Why did this church get started? What's this church all about? What's the heart of this church? What's the mission of this church? What's the vision and the core of this church? Today we finish up with our current series entitled The Job Interview. Sometimes the things that you and I talk about can be easily forgotten and sometimes Sometimes for a few reasons. Sometimes what we're talking about is just not all that important. Sometimes it's just small talk. Sometimes it just doesn't really have anything to do with anything else, maybe besides the weather. Sometimes uh, it may not be very interesting what we're talking about. Or sometimes the people that are listening to us may have something else on their heart and something else on their mind. And so because that's consuming them, they can't really pay attention to what we're talking about. On the other hand, this is also true. Sometimes what you and I can say to other people, it can be remembered for a long time or forever. Sometimes we can say things that deeply encourage people. Sometimes we can say things that cause people to think deeply about their life. Sometimes we can say things that cause other people to make positive changes in their life. Or sometimes we can say things to other people that deeply, deeply hurt them, and so it's not easily forgotten. It's hard to forget, but this is also true. Depending on what someone else is going through in their personal life, you and I have a major, major responsibility and a major calling because in those seasons, what we say to others about God could turn them away from God. It could turn them away from church. It could turn them away from the faith and a relationship with Jesus, and it could turn them away from you. But also, when people go through these very difficult difficult seasons in their life, what we say could also maybe turn them back around to God, turn them back around to God's love, to God's grace, and to God's purpose and compassion. And have you ever had this battle that was just front and center in your heart and in your mind? This source of pain, this source of stress, this struggle, this battle, it was consuming you. And you wanted to talk to someone about it 
and you needed to talk to someone about it. And so let's say you finally get that opportunity to talk to someone that you know, that you love, maybe a friend, maybe a family member, maybe someone you go to church with, maybe someone you've gotten close to because you work with, and you really need to process what you're going through. You really just need to sit down with someone that cares about you, you care about them, and just get it off your chest, talk about it, maybe get some advice, maybe get some help, maybe get some encouragement. And so let's say that you do that, and you finally get the, the chance to sit down and talk about, excuse me, to sit down and talk about it, to get it off your chest. And every time you get around to it, the person that you're talking to changes the subject and they start talking about how much they love the Cajun French fries at Five Guys. You need to talk to someone about this pressing battle. You need to talk to someone about this pressing fear. But when you do, they take the conversation to a place that doesn't help you because that's not what's on your mind. Something else is on your mind. Talking about five guys french fries is not going to help you when you're going through a battle on the inside. And so the conversation is forgettable. The conversation is forgettable, but again, why? And so remember and notice this today. Because the conversation is not relevant to what you're going through at this time in your life. The truth is, we remember conversations. We pay attention to conversations. We respond to conversations that relate to what we're dealing with in our life right now. That relate to what we're going through in our life right now. That relate to what we're battling with in our life right now. If it's relevant to what we're facing in life right now, then we hold on to that conversation. We hold on to that encouragement. We hold on to that friendship and getting it off of our chest with those people that we need to talk to so they can possibly maybe help us out. In the days of Jesus, on the opposite shore of the Sea of Galilee, there was this place called the Decapolis. It was a place of ten cities. And the religion in this place was Greek and Roman, and it was Hellenism. And Hellenism was basically the worship of your mind and the worship of your body. And so basically, these people lived in excess who practiced the worship of Hellenism. There was idol worship, statue worship, there was living in intoxications, human sacrifice. And so it was very, very unethical. And in Luke chapter 8, Jesus and his disciples get into a boat. They cross the sea. They come into a storm. They make it through the storm. And then they land in this place called the Decapolis, the place of the ten cities. And when they do, crowds of people meet Jesus. But there was also a man that met Jesus who is extremely sick and he was also tormented by evil spirits. So Jesus heals this man. So now this man is set free and you can now see him in his right mind. Before people thought he was crazy, sick, he was insane. But now when people see him, he is healed on the inside. He is set free and he is in his right mind. But Jesus says this. He's begging Jesus and the disciples of Jesus, take me out of this place. I have to get out of this place. This place just reminds me of my past. This place just reminds me of my darkness. This place just reminds me of my chains and my torment. Jesus, I'm begging you, take me with you across the sea. Let me leave with you and your disciples. But Jesus says, no, I don't want you to do that. You can't come with us. I want you to do something different. And this is what it is. And notice this today. If you're still with me, say I'm still with you. I love this verse. Luke chapter 8, verse 39. Jesus says, no, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. Tell them everything God has done for you. So he went through all the town proclaiming the great things that Jesus had done for him. We could say it this way. Jesus did something amazing. This man experienced it firsthand. And then after that, he went out and he simply talked about it. But how cool would it be if Jesus one day went back to this area? And let's say that this man 
listened to the instructions of Jesus and he went back and he told people what Jesus and what God did for him. And let's say that one day Jesus went back to this area. What kind of impact do you think this one man story is? Just one man, just one story. What type of impact would this one story make in this huge area of 10 cities called the Decapolis where people had no idea about Jesus and no idea about God and God's love and God's grace and God's forgiveness. I mean, how much of an impact could one man's story really make? How cool would it be if Jesus went back to this place one day and all these crowds of people went out and said, man, Jesus, we heard of you because of one man's story. Well, one day, Jesus did go back, and when he goes back, notice what happens. Jesus told this man to go home and talk about what God did for him, and so this man talked about what God did for him in the entire area, in the cities, in the towns, with his friends, with his family. In Matthew chapter 15, we find the scene where Jesus finally goes back to this area, and notice what happens, Matthew 15, verses 29 through 31. Jesus returned to the Sea of Galilee and climbed a hill and sat down. A vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak and many others. They laid them before Jesus and he healed them all. The crowd was amazed. Those who hadn't been able to speak were talking. The crippled were made well. The lame were walking. The blind could see again and they praised the God of Israel. This is the result of one man's story. This is the same area that Jesus went to when he healed this man and he set this man free. And then he tells this man to go and just tell your story. Jesus leaves, comes back sometime later, and all these people come to him and the lame are brought to him and the sick are brought to him and those that can't walk are brought to him and those that are blind are brought to him and those that are paralyzed are brought to him. And he experienced God in his life. He saw God do something amazing. He went out and talked about it. One man's story. And when Jesus came back, crowds and crowds and crowds of people came to Jesus and ran to Jesus to experience his love because of one man's story. The lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and the hurting. They simply listened to and they remembered and they responded to this one man's story because it related to their life too. Let me say that again. The lame, the blind, the crippled, the broken, the hurting, the sick, the struggling, they remembered and they listened to this one man's story because it also related to what they were going through in their life too. And so notice this today, and I love this point, remember this, this man was healed, these people needed to be healed, and so his story related to them. Let me say that again, this man was healed, these people needed to be healed, and so this man's story related to them. And this is what this one man who was healed, this is what he did not not do. He didn't go and tell these people, hey man, today I met a man named Jesus and he touched me with his love and he set me free and so now I want to talk to you about the doctrine of the Trinity. No, he didn't do that. He didn't go back to his people and say, listen, today something amazing happened to me. I met a man named Jesus and he set me free on the inside. He broke the chains in my life and so now I want to talk to you about the doctrine of the afterlife. No, he didn't do that. He didn't sit his friends 
down and his family down. He didn't sit the town down and say, man, today I met a man named Jesus and he completely changed my life and set me free on the inside. And so now I want to talk to you. Do you think that was a banana or an apple or a fig on the tree in the Garden of Eden that God told Adam and Eve not to eat? No, he didn't do that. He didn't sit his friends and family down and the people in the city down and say, today I met a man named Jesus and he set me free on the inside. And so now I want to talk to you about the doctrine of God or the doctrine of sin or five guys Cajun french fries no he simply had a story I was hurting but now I'm healed I was in chains but now I'm set free and it's all because of Jesus and people listen to his story and as they listened to his story they all went out to see Jesus and follow Jesus and worship Jesus and get set free by Jesus and then once they experienced that they all went out and they did the same thing too we could say it this way God did something amazing they all experienced it firsthand and then they all went out and they talked about it and so today we finish up with a series called the job interview And the purpose of this series has been to help us understand how we could all practically come together and take action as a church to help our city, to help our community, and to help hurting people. On September 11th, 2001, 9-11, America was attacked by a terrorist. Almost 3,000 people died on that day and over 6,000 people were injured. Now, I remember the Sunday Right after this happened, churches were packed all over America. America had just been attacked on our homeland by terrorists. We were pretty much at war. The Sunday, the first Sunday after 9-11, the little church that I was a youth pastor at was packed. Churches all over America were packed and there was one thing on everybody's mind. How do we make sense of all this? What's God up to? How does God want us to respond in our personal lives? How are we supposed to pray about this and discern this? There was one thing on everybody's mind. And the little church that I was a youth pastor at, it was packed like I had never seen before in Starks. And on that day, we all had one thing on our mind. 9-11 had just happened. How does God want us to make sense of this? And our pastor stands up that day to preach. And he has the perfect opportunity because that day, everybody's thinking about one thing and one thing only. He has the perfect opportunity to relate. And this is what he preached about that day. He preached about all the things that he didn't agree with in the Pentecostal churches and in the Catholic churches and how he thought everybody should just go to a Baptist church. And you know what? None of the people that visited our church on that Sunday came back the next Sunday. In fact, some of our members didn't even come back the next Sunday. And let me tell you why. Because it wasn't relevant. Over the past decade, over the past 10 years, church attendance in America has dropped over 40%, almost 50%. And there's a few reasons why. But the main reason is this. People are not leaving the church today because they're just a bunch of rebellious sinners. People are not leaving the church today because they can't handle the truth. People are not leaving the church today because they don't want to love God and they would just rather live for the devil or live for themselves and they just don't want to humble themselves. That's not why people are leaving the church. Most people gave up on the church a long time ago 
ago and most people left the church a long time ago because the church wasn't relevant to what they were going through in their personal life. They're struggling in their spirit and the church had nothing to say about that. They're struggling in their emotions and the church had nothing to say about that. They're struggling in their family, struggling in their health, struggling in their finances, struggling in their marriages, struggling in their relationships, struggling in their battle against depression and loneliness and fear and the church has had nothing to say about that. The church isn't relevant. People have left the church a long time ago because the church isn't speaking to their needs. People are needing to be healed on the inside, set free, their chains broken. Where are the real life stories coming out from God's people saying, hey, I met a man named Jesus and I just want to tell you my story. Now, all throughout the narrative of the New Testament, not only are you and I called to give our life to Jesus in faith, but like I've told you over the past couple of weeks, we're also called to do a few other things. Number one, imitate Christ. Number two, create a positive picture of Jesus in this world, not a negative one, and also to talk about how important our faith is to people that are hurting. And then last week we talked about a few things that we are not called to be. We are not salespeople. We have nothing up our sleeve but the love of God. Number two, we are not the Holy Spirit. It is God's job to judge, the Holy Spirit's job to convict, and our job to love. It is our job to love. And then, number three, we are not on a team. It is not us versus them. It is not us versus the world. It is not the godly versus the ungodly because Jesus has no enemies because he loves his enemies. It is us. It's not us versus them. It's us loving them and serving them. And so because of that, I want to quickly remind you of our vision at the Water's Edge, who we are, why we got started. So here's our vision statement again. We exist to creatively tear down walls between God and people who feel far away from God. We could say it this way. We want to be the type of church that makes it easier for you to invite your friends to who gave up on church a long time ago, who felt like church wasn't relevant who've been hurt by church, who've been hurt by religion, or maybe they're just struggling because they're going through something in life. We could say it this way. We exist to become a church that reaches people who haven't been to church in a long time. And so because of that, like I've told you over the past few weeks, here's some great talking points for what God is doing at our church. These are our values. We're a come-as-you-are church. We're a practical life application church. We welcome all. We accept all. We serve. We feed. We shelter over and over again. We love our community. We focus on discipleship. Last week, we talked about how we're trying to paint a different picture of Jesus and a better picture of Jesus. The old false picture was that we're all sinners in the hands of an angry God. But the better picture and the more accurate picture that we're trying to paint today is that we're all hurting people in the hands of of a loving God and an amazing God. But there's one more core value today for our church that I want to share with you. And this is a great talking point when you're trying to share your faith with other people. And this is what it is. We're a church that's trying to be relevant to people's hurts, doubts, needs, and struggles. Notice what the missionary Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Notice how he tries to relate. Notice how he tries to find common ground and why he tries to find common ground with all people. 1 Corinthians 9. 19 through 23. He says, even though I'm a free man with no master, I become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed Jewish law, I too lived under the law. Even though I'm not subject to the law, I did so I, so I could bring Christ to those who are under the law. When I'm with the Gentiles who do not follow Jewish law, I too live apart from the law so I can bring them Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. 
Christ. When I'm with those who are weak, I share their weaknesses, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone. I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Right here, the missionary Paul says, I'm completely free in Christ, and I'm completely free to be who I need to be. He says, but in order to share God's love with all people, I try to find common ground with all people so I can relate relate to them and I look for points to relate to them when I'm with the Jews I try to find common ground with him when I'm with the strict religious Jews I I try to find common ground with him when I'm with the Gentiles I try to relate to them when I'm with the hungry the poor the broken and the weak I try to find common ground why so I can be relevant so I can relate and so I can share God's love with them and this is something that we try to do as a church as a church we want to be relevant to people's everyday lives lives. We want to relate to people's everyday lives. And so remember this today about the Water's Edge gathering. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. As a church, we want to partner with you. Our teachings, our series topics, our Bible studies, our worship services, and our servanthood projects will be intentionally relevant to people's current needs. So all you really have to do is to invest friendship into their life and then invite them to attend with you one day. This is what we practice. Invest and invite. Invest your life into other people, love on them, build friendships with them, and then invite them. And we've given you a creative opportunity to tear down that wall and to do that. We've been voting on the, uh, the next series topic that we're going to start our very next series and then the one after that. So the series that gets the most votes by you will be the series that we start right after this one. And then the second most votes will be the series that we do right after that. And this is a great talking point for you to invite your friends to. And so what type of series do you think that people that you know would like to hear? And what are you going through? What's going to relate to your life? And what's going to relate to the people that you know? What's going to relate to their life? Is it this? How to deal with sincere doubts about my faith. How to deal with loneliness. How to deal with mental illness battles. How to deal with love and forgiveness and setting boundaries. And how to heal from relationship heartbreak. And so you can leave a comment if you vote, if you haven't voted already. And then after our anniversary service, We're going to announce those results and start our very next series. A friend of mine that I grew up with in high school moved away after high school, and he joined the Army, and he went to the service. When he went to the service, he went off overseas, and he saw some things in battle and in war that he didn't want to see, and he became an addict. He got hooked on substances. When he got home, he went to work offshore. He got injured. He got hooked on more substances, and his life just began to spiral. And when we started the Water's Edge, I remember one night I was out at a restaurant and I saw him and I invited him. I said, hey, man, why don't you come check out our church? And he visited our church. And this is what he said after he visited our church one time. Notice this. You all teach things from the Bible here that I've heard my entire life. But I've never heard anyone say it like this church says it. You put it in a way that I can understand and relate to in my life. I'll be back. That's what it means to be relevant. I can understand it. I can relate to it. I hear your story. It relates to my story. And I need Jesus to work in my life too. We love to talk about what's extremely positive and what's extremely negative. But we normally keep the routine to ourselves. But there's nothing routine about your church and the vision of your church. So don't keep it to yourself. Go out and talk it up 
and talk about it. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so very much for tuning in. We cannot wait to see you back next week. Now stay tuned for an amazing time of worship from the Water's Edge Band.